This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hi and welcome to the show. So in this episode, I'm speaking to Ricky Sullivan, who is known as the canine copywriter, and we're talking all about how to find your voice when it comes to creating content for your pet business. So Ricky is a copywriter and she writes content for pet businesses. Um, And what we talk about is basically how to, if you're feeling nervous when it comes to writing about your business, how to overcome that. So Ricky talks about loads of tips, strategies that you can use to work out how you want to come across when it comes to writing about what it is that you do. Ricky is an absolutely brilliant copywriter. Um, She works with a lot of clients of mine and when you read their blogs, you would not know that they had been written by anyone other than themselves. So I do hope you find this episode helpful. It's got loads of tips if you are kind of thinking you want to get started with blogging, but you don't know how. Um, And also all of the advice that Ricky shares as well can be used for social media, newsletters and anything really where you're writing about your pet business. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and now on to the main part of the show. So hi, Ricky. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honoured to be here. Thank you. Oh, bless you. Okay, so first of all, um, it would be really helpful if you could just tell um, tell people listening a little bit about you and what you do. Okay, sure. Um, so I'm Ricky. I'm the canine copywriter. Um, I specialise in writing copy for pet businesses, um, mainly dog businesses, um yeah so I mainly write blogs I do do a little bit of web copy and newsletters but mainly focus on writing dog blogs um to help pet businesses connect with their audience and and be consistent with their content brilliant okay so can you tell me a little bit about your background then um and what kind of led you into the pet industry because you used to have a pet business yourself a dog walking and dog care business didn't you I think you still do some dog care yeah so I still do a little bit bit of dog walking Um, So in 2014, I think it was, I had to get out of work (laughs) in an office in the corporate sector. Um, So literally walked out in the middle of the day and then set up a dog walking business. So I've been doing that since 2014. Um, Yeah, in quite a busy market. I live in South London, so there's a lot of lot a lot of dog walkers and daycares around here um and then maybe probably about a year and a half ago I started writing blogs for my own business um I've always really loved writing um and it's just kind of snowballed from there really once I started blogging for my daycare it really changed the kind of clients that I got because they had a much better understanding through the blog of my ethos, my values and how I worked. I mean, having a blog on your site just allows you to add so much more information about yourself, really. You're quite limited on your web pages of how much you can say. Um, So, yeah, so I started doing that for myself and saw what a difference it made for my business. Um, And then I just thought, well, why don't I do this for other pet businesses? And the canine copywriter was born. Oh, do you know what, Ricky? That is so good to hear because I, um, you know, I'm pretty similar to you, actually. I kind of got got into doing what I'm doing now because I started a pet blog and I know how um, how helpful it is to have a blog and to help 
connect with the right people. Um, and, I, you know, similar to you, I kind of started where I I started from scratch. As a, I've been a journalist for years, but started mm. from scratch when it came to having a blog. And then I realised how how helpful it was for kind of raising my kind of raising my profile in a really weird way because I was you know just a pet blogger it wasn't a business thing and then it evolved into me doing what I'm doing now but I what the, before I did the publicity courses I used to do blogging courses because I knew how good it would be and you know for small businesses to have all of that information out there and I know with a lot of pet businesses they don't do that they have a lot of stuff on social media but they don't have it on the website but the ones who do attract the better customers or the less pain in the backside customers absolutely Um, and it's really really great you know it's brilliant for the group you or you you know I'm preaching to the converted here but it's great for google (laughs) rankings and all of those things so you know we're both kind of champions of blogging from absolutely um, yeah you know we're both coming from the same place here um and yeah and I think it's like one of those isn't it it's harder than putting a Facebook post up or it's hard you know I have to say I mean I do find doing a live more hard, more difficult than a blog but oh terrifying yeah exactly because <laughs> there's so many other things out there people can do like blogging is like the kind of you know it's seen as the kind of you know boring uncle of the promotion world yeah, isn't it? it is and I think it's you know we're obsessed with instant gratification aren't we um yeah. and you know if you do a social media and I'm not saying that your social media is not important you know it, it, it is um, but you get instant gratification with that. You get the instant likes and the instant rush of, oh, that was, you know, that did something. Um, whereas your blog isn't isn't such an instant result, but it, it's much more, there's much more longevity with it. You know, it's sat on your website for years and years, potentially. Um, and if you're creating content that that isn't time sensitive, you know, evergreen content, as it were, um, then that blog can work for you for a really long time. Oh my gosh, um, absolutely. And it, it, it certainly oh changed the kind of, sorry, it certainly changed the kind of clients that I had. I, my every email, maybe 98% of my emails after I started blogging on my daycare website, they would mention, you know, uh, we love your ethos, we love your values, we love the way you work. Can we have a space? If Do you have space? <gasps> wow. Do you, if not, can we go on your waiting? You know, I actually built a waiting list. Oh my gosh, this is so good. It's so good to hear. That's, they understood. You're limited about how much you can communicate about what you do and stand out from your competition on your standard web pages. Definitely. Um, And that's why I really do think that blogging makes such a huge difference because people buy from people and they can get to know you a lot more on a blog than they can on just your standard web pages that you've got on your social media. Wow, that is so interesting that you had people messaging you saying, please, can you, please, can we go on your wait list? It's crazy, um, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, I just hope people listening who are on the fence about blogging will take that example. So I know you know, I know you and I both know Alex Smith. And when mm. she was in Essex, she did really well. She's in America now. But um, when she was over in Essex with her blog, she did really, really well. And she always said, always used to say, the people who get who find me via my website are just a completely different um, mm. type of clients than the ones who I used to get from, you know, scrabbling around in Facebook groups. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just so good to hear it from from your from your business perspective as well um so no it's fast it's fascinating but what I wanted what we're going to be talking about today is about how to find your voice when writing content for your pet business and Mm. I think that's one of the things that that kind of holds people back when it comes to 
blogging because it feels like so much it's so much you know if we think we're going to write a minimum of 600 words it feels like so much more doesn't it than a Facebook post where we might just say you know here here we are out on a walk or here's you know I've just groomed this lovely cat or whatever it feels overwhelming doesn't it and I think that finding your voice is really scary or can be really can be really scary and overwhelming at first and there's loads of reasons why I think people have that as well like you know hang-ups we carry from school or Mm -hmm. preconceptions I think about how we feel we have to write and how we have to come across online what would you say about that it's exactly that I think you know so often we think that you know it needs to be written like an essay or a thesis or something quite formal um and and so that can put people off you know or you know spelling grammar punctuation all of these kind of things can put people off but really I think when you're finding your voice, your writing voice, ideally, it should match your own voice, really. Um, Because this way you're going to be consistent across all of your platforms. So Mm -hmm. your blogs are going to be the same, written in the same kind of voice, which is your language, your tone, but also the things that you're talking about are going to, your values and your personality are going to come through and they're going to be consistent whether you're on Facebook, whether you're writing an email, a newsletter, whether you're doing a live. And if you try and write something that is more kind of an essay or something more formal, um, it's going to put you off doing it yeah. because it's going to be hard work and you're not going to look forward to doing it because it's going to be hard work and it's not going to sound like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you lose that authenticity that you have when everything's kind of cohesive and and, and similar. Yeah, I think we hear a lot about authenticity. Um, and I think with, with writing, because people say that we've, we've both just said that, haven't we? You should write as you talk. And I think, mm. I do think, I do think that, I do think you should write as you talk. But obviously without all the ums and ers and all of that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I get a transcript back of anything that I've said, it's just full of hmm, um, uh, and then I repeat myself loads. Of, so don't like thought like just a pile of verbal diarrhea like I am. Um, <laughs> I read stuff and think, that sounds like me. Like when I used to work on newspapers years ago, I used to work at the News of the World and my friends used to buy it and they, they'd they be reading the scandalous stories and stuff. And say, before I looked at the name, who'd, uh, before I looked at the, you know, it would say by Rachel Spencer or by whoever it was. Yeah. By line, they'd be like, we knew it was you because that's just kind of how you sound and how you tell stories. Exactly. That's what, but that's what you want, right? Yeah. That's it. You want to be able to remove my logo, remove my branding. Do you recognise that voice? Yeah. Who, who writes in that way who talks in that way and that that's your idea isn't it that's the that's the ultimate goal I guess mm-hmm. to be able to write in that way definitely okay so um so when it comes to finding your voice and kind of getting started so let's say if you know you were talking to somebody and they were they really wanted to start writing a blog for business but they didn't really know kind of where to start what would your what would your advice be to them when it comes to getting started with writing and just making that first step and writing that first post? I think honestly, it's just do it. You know, I think there's you know there are loads of podcasts and blogs and courses and loads of content that can help you learn how to do it. Um, and there will be useful things in there that will help you. But ultimately, you're only going to get better at it and feel more comfortable doing it and hopefully start enjoying it 
if you just get started. Um, I really enjoy something called stream of consciousness writing, okay. which is literally just a brain dump. So you're not focused on the end product at all. You're not worried about any of those barriers we've just spoken about in terms of your punctuation, your grammar, your spelling, nothing. You're just putting pen to paper and whatever comes into your head, you're putting it onto, onto page. Um, and I find that this is a really good way to start writing mm-hmm. because you're removing all those barriers. And whether you end up editing and, and turning that into a blog post or whether you throw it away and it's just an exercise to get you more comfortable with writing, I think it's it's a valuable thing to try. Wow. Okay. So I think I just do stream of consciousness writing as that's my rule of thumb. <laughs> standard. That is how I write. <laughs> yeah. Then I put um, a, an intro at the end and a bit of a call, an intro at the top even probably sometimes as well and then a bit of a bit of a call to action and a few links afterwards but I know what you mean about me yeah uh knock it into shape a little bit but no this the whole um I used to do I did this I used to do this blogging course when I first started doing um like coaching for pet businesses and that's Mm. what that was one of the things that we used to do it would be like if you've got an idea just get it down write it down somewhere just write some bullet points whether it's on your phone in your notes whether you talk it into your phone just write something and then you can exactly back and, and, and have a little tinker around with it later um yeah just I think if you get down. too caught up thinking about the structure and you know all of these things will be important in the end um but the most important thing to start with is that you you do it yeah just get it down. you get more comfortable doing it um and you know I think if you speak to any blogger they will say that their initial blogs were you know not not their finest work but that you know that's like the first shelf you put up or the first time you mowed the lawn or the first time you do anything it's not going to be perfect yeah um, but it, it doesn't matter it's just about trying and doing I, I so so agree um I started my pet blog it's coming up to four years ago now and when I look at the when I look at the first well probably when I look at quite a lot of the first ones really <laughs> they were I'm not quite sure <laughs> I'm not quite sure what they were really but I made a start I did it and I made a start and I think as you just kind of get into the when you when you get into a habit of doing something you you pick things up um Mm. and it does get easier doesn't it one of the things I've done as well over the years is like when I was writing about when I was writing um I did an interview about how to help your dog if they've got arthritis and this was like three or four years ago when when I had Daisy Mm. and I remember when I wrote that up it was with Hannah from canine arthritis management and I remember thinking okay well I've got I've been lucky enough to speak to Hannah and get her advice what would how would I want to tell another dog owner who's got an arthritic dog how would I want to get that across to them and I guess if you're a dog walker or a dog trainer or or a behaviorist of any animal I guess when you're writing you can think about you know imagine that you're talking to one of your clients or somebody who's come to you and needs help you know and then just put that into writing exactly I think you know you the way that you would talk to a customer or client is is ideally the same way that you would want to write you know and you want to use words you don't you don't need to be using really long words ideally we're going to avoid jargon unless we're business to business um and you know you're going to make it simple for people to understand um and with the feeling that you would give them if you were talking to them in person yeah so warm and friendly and approachable is yeah 
Exactly. If that's yeah. how you are, I mean, if in person and when you're talking to your clients, you're very direct and to the point, yeah. then they would expect your writing to be, you know, the same. If that's what your clients value and they come to know about you and like about you, then I guess in your copy, they would expect that to be direct and to the point as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I remember having working with a girl, um, Suzanne Gould, who's since written books and she's just just brilliant but when we first worked together she used to say that she was worried that she sounded like bossy and really kind of direct and stuff and she wasn't at all she was really softly spoken really friendly and <laughs> approachable and and she when she when she just started talking writing like she was in real life and yeah I think the other another thing sorry I'm going off on one a little bit here but um, <laughs> the other thing I find when I speak to people particularly um particularly like behaviorists and people who've obviously studied at you you know studied a lot mm-hmm. around animal behavior and animal um you know there was one lady who I spoke to who was and she did canine massage and she was I think that sometimes people worry that other people like other dog behaviorists or trainers will judge them on what they're saying and think that they're dumbing stuff down and I think yeah. that's a big hurdle um but you've got to write for you you've got to write for the man on the street or the woman on the street haven't you not exactly. for the other dog trainers and unless you're writing you know white papers or newsletters for your peers um then it's not going to do you any favors writing in language that you're you know writing in a way to impress your peers but that your clients can't connect with yeah that's the thing you've got to be thinking about it's not about you either it's about the client isn't it you're writing for them not for you yeah. So, I mean, like in normal life, we adapt. If you're talking to, a, you know, if you're talking to an old lady at a bus stop, you're not going to talk to her using the same language, perhaps, or the same um, references that you would if you were talking to a 25 year old or a child. We adapt the way that we speak, depending on who we're talking to. Yeah. Um, and so obviously, when you're writing for your business, you've got your target audience that, you know, your existing clients and your prospective clients. So you need to be talking using language and a tone that's that's suitable for for those that audience. Okay, so I wanted to ask you as well, and I know obviously kind of we we understand this, but um, when it comes to you know finding your voice and being you, why do you think that that's so important right now? I think that you. <sighs> In normal times, we're living in hugely saturated markets, you know, particularly in the pet industry. Uh, You know, if you're looking at dog trainers, there are loads, dog walkers, even product makers, you know, how how are you going to stand out from somebody selling very similar products or services? Um, And now more than ever, you know, our our events where we might be meeting people face to face have disappeared. We're not doing networking. Everything pretty much is online. Um, so your web copy, your blogs, your social media copy, it's its the most important way that you can connect with people, really, certainly during this pandemic. But, you know, it, it's something that we all use always. Um, and so injecting your personality into that is how you're going to stand out from your competitor if you're comparing to you know virtually identical um, services for example and the copy on their websites are both you know fairly bland and there's no blog that doesn't there's no really kind of any feeling or personality behind it you don't really feel that you know the individual behind the business at all their ethos their values how do you choose you choose on price that's all you've got to separate them 
Whereas if if you can communicate your personality and put a personality into your brands, um, people buy from people. You're you're going to stand out. You're going to be different from from your competition. Mm-hmm. And I think your blogs are a huge way to do that. No, absolutely. I I, I really, you know I really agree with that anyway. But um, but I also think as well one of the other reasons why I think having a lot of having decent content on your website helps is you were just saying about price then if p if you're um if you're looking at like three different dog walkers or trainers or groomers or whatever service you're looking for and one of them has got loads of really great content on the website with mm. loads of personality in it and the others have maybe a facebook page or, or a website that's not been updated since 2015 or something yeah you're gonna go for the one with the personality or you the the if you if you had to pick one out of the three mm. and they were all all exactly the same the one that's got the personality and the values and the ethos mm. that you just talked about there is going to be the one that makes a difference, isn't it? Absolutely, because you feel that you know them a little bit, so therefore you've yeah. won a little bit of trust. You know, I, you know, when I talk about being authentic and what what does authenticity bring, it allows people to trust you yeah. because you're the same wherever you are. So your content in all your different places is written in the same style, the same tone you're consistent you're authentic I can trust you oh look there's all this information about how you work or why you work that way or other things that might be interested that show me a little bit about who you are I feel like I know you now and therefore you've won some trust and therefore you're now one rung above those that didn't have that yeah okay um the other thing I was going to ask you about is Yes. So if someone's stuck with where to find their voice, where would you suggest that they kind of start when it comes to, you know, working out how they want to come across? Um, I think there's a few things you can do. So I think you can have a look at your previous content. So you're, if you've ever written any blogs before, then have a read of those. If not, then look at your social content. Yep. Um and try and look at it objectively. What, what if you if you didn't know you, what what impression would that give? What would you think about that that company, that business? Um, and ask your friends to des- describe how how you come across. You know what words describe your personality, how you engage, and maybe see if they match. Okay. Um, and if you've got kind of regular clients or clients that you've got a good relationship with, um, then ask them, how would they yeah. describe the personality of your business? What do they, what values or, or personality traits do they attribute to your business? Um, and that, that should give you kind of a bit of a ground to start with, hopefully. Oh, do you know what? It's really good to hear this actually, because I did, um, when I did the the first blogging course that I did, that was one of the exercises that we used to do. That we used to say, okay, so how do you think you come across like friendly, warm, authoritative, and blah, 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 mm. and all these different options. And um, so it's really good. It's kind of really good to hear that I did it right. So thank you. <laughs> but it is thank a good you. exercise. That's a huge it? compliment. Thank you. <laughs> no, it is a good, it, it's a really helpful exercise, isn't it? And it kind of takes away a bit of the overwhelm. Um, yeah. Exactly. Like we were talking, we were on a, we were on um, a Instagram live earlier, weren't we? Um, talking about canic where I was talking about canic yeah yeah like if you were like a canicross instructor for example how would you what kind of I know it's a bit of a generalization but if you're a canicross instructor what kind of things would you want to be thinking about when you when you would when you'd be looking to find your voice 
Well, I would imagine that as a canny cross person, you are likely to be, you know, probably quite outdoorsy, quite energetic, um, maybe fairly interested in the science behind it, as in the effects on the body of the dog and the humans and what equipment and, and so on you might need. Um, but you'd also probably want to be quite accessible. You, you'd not want to put off people that aren't as knowledgeable. Um, so how that would translate into your your copy, your writing, um, I guess you'd be kind of quite upbeat and positive, likely, in your writing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably going to talk about subjects that would explain some of the science, but more in layman's terms, so that you're making it accessible and you're making it open for people who maybe have never done it before, as well as more experienced Kenny Crossers. Um, but I think, and I might be wrong, but I imagine that that is likely what a Canny Cross per somebody who want who felt that they want to set up a Canny Cross business. Yeah, that's likely how they would be. Anyway, they'd want to try and welcome people into trying something new mm-hmm. and not make it overwhelming or you know, oh God, I'm not fit enough to do that or all, all of the kind of worries that I would have if I was going to do canny grass. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to keep up, you know. You, you'd you want to encourage people to have a try and feel comfortable and, and you want to share your learnings. And I, I, I think generally most of us end up doing businesses that kind of match our personalities. So I don't think in most circumstances our personalities are too far removed from the personalities that we'd like our businesses to kind of be seen to have there might be some bits that you censor and you know you keep to your private life but you know your core values of your business are likely to be values that you hold yourself and as I say I think you know consists I'm banging on about consistency but I think it's really important I think if you try and be something that you're not you're not going to be consistent if you yeah, just it's be going yourself. to be hard work, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, if you ever go to a dinner party and you have to put on airs and graces, do you enjoy it? Do you want to go again? It's like, oh God, it's painful. I just want to go. <laughs> and it's, it's the same kind of thing, isn't it? If you're trying to write in somebody else's or yeah, an expected you, tone, you? then you just, it's always going to be at the bottom of your to-do list. You're never going to do it. I think that is why it does end up on the bottom of the to-do list for so many people because they do feel like they have to write in a really stuffy, mm. boring way, don't they? I'm just laughing about like because we're recording this, aren't we? It's it's we're recording in, in while we're still in lockdown. Now, when this podcast goes out, it's going out in March, but I'd be very, very surprised if we weren't still in lockdown. I and I was just laughing when you were talking about going to a dinner party. Imagine going to a dinner party. I know I like, might actually be happy to go and have small talk. I mean, I absolutely hate small talk. So, like dinner parties <laughs> and stuff like that, it's like you know, it just makes me squirm at the best of times. Um, but you know, come March, I probably would be jumping to even go go and do a bit of small talk at an uncomfortable dinner party would be so desperate to get out <laughs> I know it would but the other thing is when you go to these places and have to have small talk you do sometimes come away with ideas as well I find yes um yeah. and that's always good isn't it okay so we've talked a lot about kind of finding you finding how you want to come across and and if you are feeling a bit nervous about things you can call in friends to give you friends and clients even to give you a little bit mm. of feedback so you can kind of shape how you want to come across um and 
Okay, so once we've done that, we started writing, we've kind of written our first few posts. Um, what's re- I remembered this when I um, when I did the blog, me and my friend Helen, um, who, Helen Gilbert, who she's a health blogger, um, we launched our blogs at the same time. And sometimes we'd write, re- I didn't, she used to do a lot of personal stuff because it was about mm. her journey. She's got mast cell activation syndrome. And she, at the time she was trying to trying lots of um, different treatments and trying to get to the bottom of what what was wrong with her okay. so hers were a lot of personal stuff mine were more kind of more it was interviews and tried and tested and travel and things like that I didn't do many personal things but when we whenever I did it was always like really scary pressing the send button and putting it out there um and we were we used to kind of hold each other's hands and be like (laughs) okay we're gonna do it we're just gonna support each other we can do this um but what advice would you have for people who are kind of writing and thinking oh you know I need to get this out there but I'm feeling a bit wobbly about it um is there anything that that you any tools or anything you would recommend um that people can run the run the work through or any steps to follow um if they're feeling a bit nervous to get that kind of reassurance that that that, you know that what they've written is there's no problem with what they've written Grammarly is my biggest I mean I love it when I when we talk about the first blogs that you ever wrote when I look back at them I'm like oh my god the grammar and spelling mistakes Ricky um so Grammarly is a free tool and you can also upgrade for, for extras but it's a free tool that you can run your work through just for making sure that it's not full of spelling and grammar mistakes which is is good to sort those out before you hit publish um and I think you know buddy up with somebody you can yeah. ask your friends if if, if one of your friends is likely to be honest then then ask them to to have a read um but you know for pet businesses there's a lot of us in your in your group um in your membership group and see if somebody else wants to buddy up and you can run stuff past each other and bounce ideas off each other and stuff um I think that's a good way to build build your confidence yeah absolutely um, and it does get easier, doesn't it? That's that's the main thing. Yeah, it does. And I think, you know, one of the things that you're always told as a writer is start by writing about what you know. Yeah. And if you write about what you know and what you're passionate about and you really care about, then that will come through in your writing and it will make it more enjoyable than trying to sit down and write about something that you don't really feel particularly enthused about. Um and guess what? Then you're more likely to do it again. So <laughs> don't make it too difficult for yourself. And don't something else that I've uh, quite a few clients have said to me is that they don't feel that they're expert enough to be able to talk about things. So they're not a trainer or a behaviorist or a vet. They they're not sure that they really are in a position to talk about anything. Um, yeah. But we've all got experiences. We're, most of us are pet owners or you run a pet business, you've got experiences that you can share. So start off by writing about things that you're comfortable with and that you feel confident and and passionate about. And then if you feel that you do need a bit more of an expert opinion, then you can either research some stats or you can approach somebody to, you know, feature. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing, because people are, another great great benefit of writing and, and, and collaborating is, if you you know if you have got another if you have got an expert who will come in and help you and give you their expert advice then mm-hmm. that helps your authority as well and generally exactly. you know unless you know you're going to try and get Noel Fitzpatrick to help you you know 
there's going to be someone who's going to be willing to help isn't there like in my um, yeah yeah in my membership group and in my free group as well like people regularly post up and say I need a I need a you know an expert in barking dogs to help me with this or I need a Mm. vet to help me with this and someone will pop up and say because at the end of the day it's only going to take them 20 minutes to write out a few answers or to yeah jump on a quick call with you and and that's it isn't it so when it's exposure both ways isn't it it's you know it's you're shaking each other's hands and helping each other out really um and I think you know if there are any pet businesses that are listening to this that are not in your group then you need to get onto Facebook and get in there because it's it's just an amazing network. What Rachel's created is incredible of pet professionals from all different kinds of, of services and products all coming together and being quite supportive of each other. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, the collaboration. So it's a good thing. place. But it's also a good place to share your blogs when you first start and yes, get feedback. That's why, yeah, actually. that's why I did it. When, um, when I first set, set the group up, it was when I, I had my pet blog and I think I'd, I hadn't even started doing a business blog thing yet. But one of the reasons, one of the things that I used to do every week was have the sharing thread where people could share mm. their content. Um, because, well, it's just good, isn't it, to have other, see what other people are doing and get ideas and, yeah. and also just kind of support one another. And Absolutely. You know, it's such a support space. And it actually it used to encourage me to think, oh, I must get that done because then I can put it on Rachel's thread on Wednesday. Yeah, I know. I, well, I used to do the same. Like, it's right, accountability okay, for a, me. That's a marker in the week. I will get this blog done by that date because otherwise I will not be able to share it in the thread. So, yeah, it's really yeah. good. I used to um, I used to always get my pet blog done for a Wednesday so I could share it on Woof Woof Wednesday. There you go, <laughs> it's not exactly. on anymore, so I don't have that accountability. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's it's really good. Okay, so so what I wanted to talk about was if um, you've given loads of really helpful practical advice on how you can get started. But if if people are listening and they're thinking, okay, but I kind of I still don't feel ready. I could do with some hand holding, um, or for somebody just to do it for me. And that's obviously a service that you have. But I was thinking actually, and you can talk about you know your blogging service service in a second. But if I was um, if I was kind of if I was a pet business owner and I was thinking okay I want to blog and I want to be accountable but I could do with just a little bit of help to get me started I actually Mm -hmm. think working with someone you know working with someone like yourself where you kind of you know maybe if you say I'm going to do I'm going to write something every every two weeks and you know you do one each that would be actually a really good way to get started wouldn't it so yeah exactly it can just give you you know when so whenever I start working with somebody we'll do a kind of discovery call as you call it where we're going to talk about your business and and discuss ideas of what kind of blog topics might work for you for your audience and what you're trying to achieve um but there's no reason that you can't write some of those blogs alongside me writing some yeah if that gives you some confidence to get going and it takes the pressure off in terms of you know thinking oh goodness I've got so much content that I've got to create I'm not going to do it at all yeah um then you know you know that you've at least got one a month or whatever coming from me and when you've got time to top it up you will it it can be a good way to get to get started and and to kind of feel a bit more confident about giving it a go once you've got a couple under your under your belt yeah no that's a I do think that's um, a really a really good idea and if you do want to you know if you do want to be consistent but you you find you don't have the time then you you know there are there are ways of of 
you know getting some help like from people like yourself where you you get somebody to do some writing for you um, and it just means that you still keep going you still you don't you know you don't stop that good habit that you've built up because you've just not had the you've not had the bandwidth yourself yeah exactly I think you know I mean most of us are solopreneurs or, or very, very small businesses we've got an awful lot of things that we all know we should be doing and it's it's a lot you know yeah. you've got all your different social media platforms if you're a product maker you've still got to actually make and pack your products and send them out design your products maybe if you're a service provider you've got to provide your service as well as doing all your marketing and your accounts and all of those different things so you know I mean it goes about saying I'm a big fan of outsourcing yeah um but pick the thing to outsource that that brings you the most pain Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know the (laughs) thing that you know needs to be done but you really don't want to do it so if if for you that's writing then brilliant get in touch with a copywriter either me or the other copywriters are available um if it's your social media then get somebody else to do your social media but find your voice first yeah. Because you want whoever's writing, whatever they're writing for you, to write in your tone of voice, not in theirs. You don't want me yeah. to write in my tone of voice. You want any copy that I produced for you needs to sound like you. So. And that's yeah, that's actually because I've done this, I've done this myself. Um because like quite often if I'm doing like a real life story, I have to write it in the in I will interview the person. This is like for the women's mags and stuff. Mm. I'll interview the person, and then I'll have to tell it in their words. So, like, oh really? Yeah. So when I used to write for the women's magazines, you used to write in you'd write in the first person rather than in the third person. So you'd have to tell it in their voice, and then you'd ring them up afterwards and then read it back to them. That's what that's one of the things you oh, do wow. in women's mags. And then I'd always have my I still do. I've been doing it for like twenty years, but I always have my heart in my mouth as I'm reading it back. And then you get to the end and then say, does that, does that sound okay? And they'll go, Does it yeah. sound like you? Yeah. And they'll be like, Oh, you've done a really nice job. And it's like, but you oh, worry all the, you do worry, don't you? That yeah. You do capture them in the way that they would in the way that they would write or come across. Absolutely. Um, and it's from my point of view, like it's definitely easier to do if somebody has you know, a consistent tone of voice or way that they talk either on their social media or, or on their website so that you've got a kind of gauge to go from. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you're kind of picking up on that, um, I guess, in your initial briefings and calls. But it, I just, yeah, I think it's, it's important to identify what you want that voice to be, whether you're going to write for yourself or have somebody else write for you. Yeah. Because um, you don't want it to be generic. Yeah, I, th- I know that you spend you spend quite a bit of time getting to you know getting to know your clients and who they are and what they're like and how they sound and everything because I see that mm-hmm. I see your work and I read it and I think oh, I, I know Ricky's written that but it sounds actually that the person has written oh, that. Oh, good! So, so a really good job. So <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. So nice I, I'm sorry to, hear, to embarrass you, you but, but I do read them and think, oh, ooh, that really does sound like. And I won't mention oh, anyone's names. Oh. <laughs> but no, I think oh, you've done. Good. I think you've. Um, I think you've just done such a brilliant job because I know this is a relatively new business. And we were saying before we came on the call, um, it was a year ago, like a year ago about this time. And I was just starting recording the podcast and doing just 
doing some practice episodes and it was when coronavirus lockdown first happened wasn't it and I thought I'm gonna yeah and I I said in my Facebook group I said I'm gonna do a zoom it's gonna be a practice podcast and I'm gonna record it and if anyone wants to come along they can do Um, and I'm gonna talk about how to pitch if you've got a story picture to your local media about um about what you're doing about coronavirus and I remember you were the you were the only I person who came and I was like Lucky I know <laughs> and I was like oh god I'm so mortified and Ricky must think I'm a right no, job I thought and, it was a boon I was like this is great <laughs> oh it's so good so it's so nice to have you yeah. here now after oh, after the year you. that we've had well, it's been an absolutely bonkers year for all of us, hasn't it? But I'm really, yeah. really grateful to be on your podcast. I've been listening to it for, well, apparently nearly a year now. So you were the, it, you were the really first nice. one. <laughs> <laughs> really nice to be um, actually on and talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh! Well, thank you. It's been brilliant seeing all that you've done with the Canine Copywriter and. Like I know you've had a phenomenal first, uh, well, a really brilliant launch, and you've been, you know, absolutely crazy busy you know right from the get-go haven't you which is yeah, just so good very lucky very lucky yeah <laughs> so like it's going to be like when you were a dog walk and people will be emailing you say gosh I hope so that would be nice but, wouldn't it <laughs> yeah but please please can you help me <laughs> but anyway if people um do want you to help them what is the best way for them to get in touch with you um you can book a call with me on my website which is www.thecaninecopywriter.co.uk or you can find me on Facebook or Insta um, at the Canine Copywriter um, and drop me a DM. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Okay, well, Ricky, it's been really lovely chatting to you. I know, um, you know, when we were talking about finding your voice and knowing what you should say and shouldn't say, I found yeah. with, with doing this podcast, and you might know because I know you did a podcast, you did a podcast as well, didn't you? Yeah. Um, I feel like if I was writing, I probably wouldn't say a lot of the things that I do, but because I'm talking to people, I just... I forget that I'm recording myself and doing a podcast. So. Well, this is the beauty of writing. You can edit it after. I know, I know. But um, I know we've gone off on one a few times. So thank you for listening if you're still listening at this point. Um, that is the wonder of podcasting. But um, Ricky, it's been brilliant having you on here. Um, and I'm wishing you so much success with your business because I know how brilliant you are. Thank you so much for coming on. And I will see you soon. Thank you so much for your support. Bye. Thank you you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.